To no beer left behind. I am Brian here this evening with my good buddy Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. Uh, would you mind if I just switched it up just quick tonight? Okay, just for a minute. I didn't prep you for this, no. but quick thing, right? I just saw the scroll across the the, the newswire. So, um, being being that Frank jokes that he's from other parts of Austin, other than Austin. Um, I want to quickly address just the thing that happened this weekend and how good guys with guns didn't help at all. Um, the number of people that are now injured slash affected, right, uh, directly by some fucking asshole getting into an argument on 6th Street and then starting to shoot up the joint is 15. It's not 13. Um, one of which has been dead uh, has has been dead for two days. Another which has been paralyzed since the shooting. And will never regain uh, uh, function and has four kids and whatnot. So if you want to come back at this fucking podcast with some good guy with gun bullshit arguments, you better you better be ready for some heated fucking conversations, even more so than before. Uh, Sixth Street on a Saturday night is one of the most well-guarded areas in this fucking country for partying. And not a goddamn thing happened. The two... The two kids that started the entire thing got away. So fuck off with your entire, we need more cops, we need more guns, we need more da-da-da-da-da. It's not the solution. Scientifically, it's been proven not to be the solution. Follow that train to its end and go fuck yourself. Did uh, right. did, did did someone come at the podcast <laughs> at some point? No, no. Okay. It's, it's like when you make these arguments on oh. Twitter, when you make, the, you know, like it's, if, if, you're, in, if you're in company where, this argument is being made or you are when we go through these conversations, listening in your car, whatever stereo device you're consuming this through thinking, yeah, you know, they're just anti-gun. No, no. There's sensible gun legislation that needs to be passed. Sensible ways that fucking 17 year old kids can't get a hold of guns. And if, if you want to make the argument that we need more cops and we need more guns in more people's hands. Motherfucker, you're in the middle of Austin, Texas. There are plenty of guns to go around. Um, it didn't do a goddamn thing. So fuck off. Fuck off. I, I am tired of these stupid straw men that people keep building that are counterintuitive, that literally have zero premise in reality, zero factual premise. It's been proven again. There is no such thing as a good guy with a gun in an active suitor situation. Does it happen once in a blue moon? Sure, maybe it does. Is it a consistently repeatable process and solution? Fuck no. It doesn't even pass the first test of a thesis slash hypothesis in uh, uh, any sort of scientific research. So fuck off with that argument. Okay, I'm done. Um, I'm doing well, Brian. That got me heated. I'm over it. Uh Got to, got to say my piece, you know? Um, doing well. You know, what's actually pretty good at the moment is... Uh, Don't turn this into fucking weather talk. No, Because then no, I will no, turn this no, into... No, no, no. Okay. Things, things have been pretty calm around here. So Except for you um, on your back patio. 
Yeah. The, what do you mean? I just want to point out you were getting through that like we didn't. We aren't the only two on the podcast tonight. We could have. We could have ramped up to it. We just went right out the gate. Clutch drop. Let's do this shit. No, I, I've got more. Um, oh, can't wait. The the clutch drop was just. It, it it literally scrolled across my new news feed, and I was like, I just need to get this out. Um, no, it's it, you know, life's been pretty good, so no complaints on my side. How are you doing? Uh, d- dandy, actually, quite dandy. Um, and I'm drinking a porch rocker You're- from Sam Adams, so I'm I'm better oh, than the- dandy. I'm I'm a rattling man, rattler a- man. Porch porch rattler is good. Are you? Uh, wait, so. What I know we've covered this. Rattler versus Shandy, what's the real difference there? Rattler is uh, fruit juice mixed with lager or fruit soda mixed with lager, and a Shandy is fruit soda or fruit juice mixed with a wheat ale. Typically Got a it. wheat ale. Cut. Yeah, yeah, that's really the only difference. It's fruit juice and beer, and that's all you need to know. This is the, Yeah, it's perfect summer shit. Shit, yeah. No, and this is part of their um, the Sam Adams mixed mixed summer pack so nice you only get three of them in here which kind of sucks because right when you get to liking a beer you're like oh well that's all of another 12 pack yeah i gotta get another 12 pack i guess (laughs) good news is there's not a bad one in this in in this seasonal like i gotta be honest it it used to suck whenever you got a sam adams mixed 12 because three of them you knew were going to be boston lager and just like you know what i don't hate boston lager but it's like i'm not going out it's not a go-to no not not when i'm wanting to try new shit like but they the new one's got a the porch rocker lemon rattler it's got summer ale obvi it's got a session Mm -hmm. ipa uh, in it, which is quite tasty and delicious. And then there's another one that honestly I drink too quickly to even remember, and I'm realizing it as I was talking. So, shit. Yeah, I, I, it was a it was a good weekend, Frank. Um, I had had a, had a great weekend, and it involved me drinking apparently a shit ton of Sam Adams quickly. So you know, I had a nice. Re- and it, it it could be worse. Sam Adams is one of those we've said many a times. It's just a good beer. Like ninety yeah. percent of what they put out, just a good beer. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's no. fucking good. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm always a big fan, and I had to rehydrate after you know uh, becoming a, a fisherman for a day out on Lake Texoma last Friday. So okay. So speaking of fisherman for a day, uh-huh. I went to, uh, I guess they call it Better Ranch out in Lampasas. It's like a 400 acre ranch that has some exotics and whatnot. They had a little overpopulation of red stag. Mm -hmm. So they brought out some professional hunters to shoot them and take them for sale meat, Mm -hmm. essentially, um, to restaurants and whatnot. So they had a pond there, little little largemouth bass pond. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I was pulling them out. And it's great. Like there's there's something to be said for just fishing a shitty little like two acre pond mm-hmm. that is like filled with bass. You literally can't miss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, literally, it fish in a barrel is. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's. It, I mean, you toss them back. You know, I'm not eating bass. Um, I know some people like it. I just freshwater fish, not my joint. Nope. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that shit was good. It was a lot of fun. 
they only grow so big in ponds like that. So I think the biggest one I caught was about two and a quarter pounds. Yeah. It's a nice size bass. They're fun to catch. Yeah. Good time. So yeah, dude, not quite striper fishing, but you know, <laughs> had a good time nonetheless. Uh, yeah, that was my first time striper fishing. We joked about it last time that I was basically working deadliest catch. Uh, turns out not far off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got out on the water at six o'clock, got to our first fishing hole at like six thirty. And uh uh Frank, we we caught our limit of fish at eight thirty in the morning. That's insane. I, That's absolutely insane. Literally just catching as soon as we dropped bait, just catching fish. And for me, like I had never I had never fished with uh just live bait on a bear hook with a weight on it. And oh yeah, it, which fishing at like sixty feet in Lake. So do they, do they do they do they school in like cold water? Yeah, deep deep cold water. Okay, so that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, it was a blast. We literally catch. It, it's weird. Uh, so on Texoma, you actually can't catch. Uh, your your uh, Texoma license is for ten striper a day under twenty inches, and. Under 20 inches, I was like, that's a big fucking fish. But you catch more over than you do under? I think I caught one. It was 24 inches. That was a fucking fun fish to catch. Uh, It had to go right back. Um, But, like, I was catching all... It was hilarious. The guide that we were with, he was like, damn, you just keep catching them right at, like... It was, like, 19 and a half inches to 20 inches on the dot. I caught, like, four or five of those. Just big-ass fucking fish. And, of course, I also caught... The I, I found the daycare of the school. Um, <laughs> I, I caught some of the smallest fucking fish I have ever. I, I, I mean, honestly, when you were talking about uh, largemouth bass, it was about like a, a two pound largemouth bass size. Um, Fuck, that's still nice and big though. It fought like a motherfucker. I was like, oh, this is this shit's lit. This is awesome. Because I mean, that the, the the two and a half pound bass I caught was about was about nineteen. 18, 19 inches, nose to tail. Frank, did you see... I'm going to share my screen with you real quick because uh, I, I I have to. Like It's just a, a prerequisite here. And I'm hoping if I share my screen, I'm not going to blast your ears out while I'm doing it. Like, did you see these photos? <laughs> I did. I, your photo bombing was impeccable. And I just want to... Who was taking them and why were they focused on not the fish? I- was the guide and he was honestly it was like you see how low the sun is in the, yeah. on the horizon that's yeah, how no, early were, it i was. mean you were talking this happened what like it, fucking 6 30 in the morning it, yeah it was i, I want to say this is around seven we'd been at this spot for over 30 minutes and this is where we caught a majority of the fish but look how large the two fish are that are being held up in the floor in the foreground Versus this dipshit with a shit-eating grin and the smallest goddamn fish. The bait fish? No joke. Wait, I don't even see your fish. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no. Now I see it. It's right here. Good God. You can't... I didn't even notice that the first time. It looks just... Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like it's part of the boat. You don't even see that that's an actual fish until it's pointed out to you. Uh, yeah. Because, quite frankly, it's barely a fish. No joke. The So the hook's here. The bait fish... Is about this much of said fish. So about a quarter of the fish was the oh size of the bait fish. I mean, this was a, a real, uh, I don't know, an opportunistic striper that hopped onto that lure, onto the hook. So, uh. so, so in terms of the the striper that you've been catching or that you caught, right? Like, what do people do with striper? 
fillet them up, fry them up. I mean, it just looks fry it. It honestly, it looks like tilapia. It's just pure white okay. fish. It doesn't nothing, no funk to it. No, and it, the shape of it looks exactly like some like farm co- farm raised tilapia. And I'm saying okay. tilapia because it is pure. It's like white, white, white all the way through. Um, Got it. The uh, my, my buddy who uh, took me along, his father in law caught a fucking monster catfish. <laughs> <laughs> like you, this dude. It, when the catfish was on the line, the rod was just bent at like a ninety degree angle, straight down. And he's like, "Jesus Christ!" Just reeling it in, and this behemoth of a catfish rolls up. I was like, "Oh, oh, we can catch those here too, huh? This is this is on the menu. This is what we got going on." So, so it sounds like striper is also known as striped bass. Is that right? Sure, we'll go with that. They're fu- they're fucking huge. Yeah, apparently they are very good to eat. Like of the freshwater fish, people love them. Um, interesting. Yep, I um, handed mine over to my buddy who took me along because I, I I don't eat freshwater fish. I fool me uh, once, bacterial infection. No, I, and I, I, I will. Okay, I will one hundred percent vouch for trout because they're from the salmon family and they are fucking amazing. Uh, and they cook up just like salmon. Well, I was gonna say those are also like mobile fish or migratory fish. Like they don't yeah, sit no, in they, one spot, which is what not just like oh yeah, well, this is our pond. <laughs> yeah, which is um, what breeds a lot of the bacterial issues in freshwater fish. Yes, yeah, yeah. Trout, trout do not have nearly the amount, and when they do get something, it's normally a flesh eating disease. Oh, cool, that's fun. So you you can tell right away that there's something wrong with the trout. Yeah, it, um, that leads for way more fun ER visits than yeah. like shitting and puking for three weeks. So I'll give I'll give trout the hand up on that. I, I love trout, and they're river fish. So you know, uh, Kevin um, Kevin did make an HJs for the homeless reference while on this fishing trip, which oh I was very God, proud no of. Um, I. I, I couldn't be more proud. Um, and speaking of HJs, we passed the marina where a good friend got married, and uh, HJs were handed out under the table at said wedding reception. Took a quick video for that friend who was involved in the party. For so, memories. For memories' sake. For memories' sake. Yeah, it's all for memories. God, uh-huh. that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. It's the, it, one of the best stories like, that will never be told on this podcast. <laughs> no, it will not. It will not. But, I mean, it is a fantastic story. Speaking, um, speaking of podcasts, I really want to give a quick shout out. Uh, I was actually, <clears throat> some of my handy vocal work was featured on a recent episode of Modern Brews and Beats uh, by our good friend Jerry uh, uh, at NTX underscore beer on uh, Twitter and Instagram. What, His what podcast. did you say? So I did an intro a while back that was, you know, you're listening to Modern Brews and Beats. Um but I also, they have a section on their podcast, which is really good. Uh, if you're into music, you're into beer, you should go give it a listen. It's good shit. Uh, cool Tony D uh, has, uh, his, uh, Jerry's co-host there, uh, Tony Dunn, he has a segment on there where it's the uh, lyric lookup. So he breaks down a set of lyrics from a featured artist that they're covering that week. And uh, <clears throat> your boy did a little sound drop for the lyric lookup because I got tired of of Tony having to do his own his own drop, you know? And I was like, Oof, talent talent can't go without a drop, you know? So um I made him one. You see what, okay, I, you so, see what I did there? So, I, it was a dig at you too. No, it was. That's what I'd like to address here. But um I'm okay, let's address it because I have a surprise for you, Frank. I finally have a drop. You've got two. You get to choose. Okay. 
All right, let's let's test the dropout. I'm not gonna make fun of you since I have a drop. You know, I didn't do the work on it. Okay. Um, There's. I'll, say, I'll spare you, but I'll just have it known. We've had Frank's uh, deep dive now for how long? Six weeks. Okay, it's not been six weeks. You've done three or four of them up to this point. Yeah, so four uh-huh. plus two skipped weeks due Whoa. to laziness one and two actual illness. Yeah. Um, so Which I'm going to give it five there. weeks then? Five weeks. Well, I made up two, so really it's only like three weeks that you went without. So it's really only two and a half weeks. Yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, I... You know, Brian, I'll give that to you. Okay. I'll give that to you. I'm going to start off just super simple, straightforward, okay? I'm not proud of this, but... Frank's Deep Dives on No Beer Left Behind. Simple. Like it. Okay, simple. Straight to the point. Totally straight to the point. I went... I took it a little bit of a different direction here. Okay, I hope you like the second one, too. Okay, so here's what I'll say. Uh huh. Uh, Let me have it. Open to feedback. Let's let's switch them off. (laughs) Okay, just mix them up. Kind of like you do the closing song. Whichever one you feel is 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 time for the night. Uh huh. Let's do it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm really liking the saw approach to all of our drops. I do like number two. I think I I might just rebrand all of our drops to be creepy and like backwards talking. That's what I may do. Okay. Well, let's let's get into it then. Okay. What do you got tonight for Frank's deep dives? Well, I got I got your topic that I didn't actually research last time. Did you actually research it this time, or are we gonna? I did. Okay. All right. Just making sure. I'm gonna grab another beer. Hit us with it though. Yeah. It's it'll it'll be well. You got to do the drop. Oh. Okay. I'll I'll do one more again. Frank's Deep Dives on No Beer Left Behind. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll be frank about it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> there is an entire Ted Ed YouTube video about the birth of nicknames. So Brian requested a, you know... A topic which uh, actually I didn't even think about ever, but which makes sense is where did nicknames come from? And nicknames actually don't have a founding. Mm. So um, it'll be a pretty quick deep dive because nicknames come from uh, back in old English. There used to be um, like in today's modern English, we say, you know, my other name is. Um, or my middle name is, right? In that day, or in those days, they used to say my neck name, which is N-E-K-E name, is. And it leads to a whole lot of shit because neck meant also. So N-E-K-E was also. Now, once you once you start, like, thinking about, like, the... The... the, 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 um, the uh, consequences of neck being also right. You start realizing that a lot of our nicknames, which end up like, you know, when you say neck used to be neck and then it turned into like neck, Nick, nickname. So it was like a, a pronunciation issue and eventually everybody heard nickname and they no longer heard neck name. Mm. So 
uh, it leads to a lot of vowel beginning slash kind of confusion, right? So um, a lot of nicknames come from that confusion. So uh, Ed, right? It used to be uh, my my nickname is Ed, right? Or uh, a lot of people would say like Neck Ed, and then eventually it just became Ned as a nickname. Um, so it's like there was this whole evolution of people using the N-E or N-E-K-E -E, uh, sound that existed in Old English that we don't use outside of um, uh, uh, what was it? I'll think of this in just a minute. There, there is something that we currently do this with in modern English. Um, bathroom. But no, it's yeah, uh, an, it, it was named for a bathry. You know, it was a lady who would kill and dismember people, and in the, oh, okay. in the in the washroom, and people would call it the bathry room. But after a while, it just became bathroom. Uh, that is because. Uh, if you notice, we refer to bathrooms uh, as rooms without baths in them. So people mm -hmm. wonder where the hell that come from. That comes from. That's where it is. Uh, it has nothing to do with the bath itself. It has to do with the room in which uh, a lady was famous for killing. Also, the word that you're looking for is elide, it, or is the omission of uh, syllables in a word or sounds in a word. So when you talk about, but it impacts the whole pronunciation later on. That's that's what elide means. You're elide. Oh, okay. It's uh, omitting a sound or syllables when speaking. English speakers often elide the vowel completely. In it. So. Yeah, in it, and 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 uh, so another isn't actually a word. Mm -hmm. It had to become a word because people instead of saying a whole nother. They just said another, like they 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 omitted, skipped omitted the word um, significant whole. parts of the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So another is another one that we that we use, ma'am. Um, ma'am. Uh, yeah, an apron used to be uh, called napron, and you know, as like an apron. Oh, but, I thought it was something you hung around the nape of your neck. Yes, it was called an apron, and then everybody heard an apron, and then it just became apron. Are your Hold dogs going to get into a dog fight out in your backyard? No, no, they're barking at the neighbors. Give me a minute. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Frank has gotten a new microphone. If you haven't noticed the last couple episodes, uh, there have been nary a USB cord malfunction because Frank has invested himself into a what he calls the lava dick that lights up in front of him he has one of those uh, quadcaster microphones that lights up with a red led in the background um but he's got a, a tap to mute feature that he just lives to tap on and uh every now and then i think we're gonna catch him he's gonna talk full volume without doing the old tap 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 a on the top of the microphone I can't wait for that day um, because I will let you, the listeners, know when that happens. I'm telling you this now because I doubt that Frank is going to listen back to this. And if he does, hi, Frank. How are you? But he's coming back, so I'm going to change topics. Anyway, yeah, Frank, that is a fantastic description of nickname. I had no idea that it came from Nick. Yeah, so it, it it's actually like 
It's funny because it, it teaches you. So there's a a, a uh, Ted Ed episode called Birth of a Nickname by John McWhorter. And I would highly suggest if you're at all interested, it's only five minutes long. It, it goes through the whole kind of linguistic progression of where we're at and how it'll keep going that way. Right. Like there's cool. th- stuff that we talk about today in 200 years. People won't know. Hell yeah. Um, that's why we always put pictures with stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you, okay. So <laughs> a lot of our bilingual listeners will know this. Um, if you ever want to learn a language, just go buy the five through 10 year old picture books slash literature in that language and start reading it. It will, it will teach you the language like the kids get taught the language. And, uh, essentially if you even go to language classes, that's how they teach you as well. So it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be different. It's, there's no secret to learning a language. It's just putting the time in and, you know, actually reading the books and yeah, vocabulary. If you're going to write it, you're going to need to understand grammar Hmm. But for the most part, you know, grammar's patterns and you're going to speak correctly or pseudo correctly um, by doing the reading, um, whether or not you can write it correctly. That's kind of, you know, unless that's it's a learned skill sometimes, unless it's English, in which case all bets are off. What are you smoking, Frank? I see you, you puffing on a cigar. Yeah. So this is um, you'll have some when you come down. Okay. This is the sorry, I'm trying to find my labels. I put them to the side, and I think they blew off. It's the. Uh, is it the one you brought back, or you got sent from the DR? Yeah, the, the Aurora, Aurora International Aurora. Collection. La Aurora, fantastic cigars. I fucking love those. This this specifically is their Nicaraguan. So they make this international series every year. Mm-hmm. This is their Nicaraguan series. Is it and. Sorry, I was going to ask if it's a puro, like a straight Nicaraguan uh, binder or a filler binder wrapper. It's a, it's supposed to be okay. Um, I'll I'll look at the label. So I I think last year they might have had trouble doing that. Um, yeah, but it's if it's not if they don't have Connecticut leaf, you know, wrapper. The filler is Nicaraguan. Mm-hmm. The wrapper might be sourced from the oh. U.S., but I'm not sure. Well, um, I mean, you know, Connecticut is not just a, it's not a U.S. grown tobacco. It's just a no, type of. I, yeah, it's a style, but um, they sometimes, a lot of the time when they source Connecticut, they find someone in America growing it. Mm. Um, it's like what they're known for mm. is they, they go to some of the original, you know, sources. So that specific cigar is supposed to be. So the U.S. is on the list, but the U.S. is only on there for the wrapper. That's it. Mm. They they never buy filler from the U.S. Well, no. Um, I got a, I got a whole education when I went down there on this, and it is the maybe it's on this little label. In any case, if uh, yeah, Arura is an amazing cigar. Uh, I, you're not going to go wrong with it. My uh, yeah, it just says Nicaragua. I'll, I'll find out on the box for you in a little okay. bit. Now I'm a huge fan of uh, one La Aurora cigars. They're phenomenal. Uh, Black Lion, Cameroon, fucking. Uh, but that one's intense, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, I had and, I and accidentally had one of those one night. They are very good though. Anything from Nicaragua, I'm very much a fan of. If it's from the mm-hmm. Esteli region, I'm even more of a fan. Um, yeah, no. Uh, on on the cigar note, I'm back in the Pravada Cigar Club. Uh, very happy to announce. When when did they uh, open up? So I got a message. 
the week before they opened up. I think it was like 50 slots. And I was able to hop in there two months ago. So, okay. I, And I had been on the farm rolled list for two months before that. So uh, that definitely helps you get bumped up. And also having been on the in the club before helped me. But um, yeah, no, I'm back, baby. I've been trying, man. I just can't. It's, I, I haven't gotten the email. It's uh, it's legit, dude. Uh, and they actually do some really cool LCA, uh, the Limited Cigar Association, uh, releases uh, in and around the state of Texas especially. There are a bunch of LCA accounts uh, in North Texas. There's a few in Central Texas and then some in Houston as well. Um, but they it's do awesome. special releases, like special, special releases. Like AJ Fernandez, my favorite roller uh, and, and farmer. Um, he did a special release last week that I completely missed out on because I didn't check my fucking email in time. Uh, when I saw it posted up, I was like, sweet. Oh, there's a shop in Denton that is an LCA shop. So I'll go over to Denton. They were gone. They were all fucking sold out by the time I got there. So I was like, ah, shit. But um, no, I'm excited, man. I got my next uh, next shipment will come in next week with uh, seven new cigars. I just love that shit. So good. And what do they what do they charge again? So uh, to be part of Farm Rolled, which is actually honestly just as good, if not a better, of a deal for most people, it's twenty five fifty for four cigars every month shipped. Oh, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, and they're the way they do their Farm Rolled is basically unbanded cigars, uh, unbanded premium cigars. So they partner with like Hochi Blanco or AJ Fernandez. Or, you know, whoever, whatever farm they decide to partner with that month, they'll bundle up for their sticks of variety, you know, a, a wide variety. You know, you'll have a Connecticut, you'll have uh, like a natural or a Cubano and uh, uh, Maduro and, you know, one off the wall and various rolls, various sizes, various, ty- you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Torpedo, uh, Churchill, you'll have a Corona, all, all different sizes of cigars. And they'll, they'll have a listing of where they came from and roughly description of what flavors you're going to get and then what time of day they suggest you smoke them. And, you know, it's fantastic. For 25 bucks, you can't beat it. But then uh, you can be part of the Pravada Cigar Club itself and you get three ultra-premium, like, boutique cigars. Uh, some of them have been aged. Some of them are just uber, uber rare. Um, and others are, like, experimental cigars from some really, really big growers in the world. Like, we had, for Christmas last year, I'm pretty sure I had a Shmavidoff, uh cigar that was sent in that retailed about $85. Um, there's others that are... Uh, this last one that I got, I got a Pissed Off Kristoff from Kristoff uh, Cigars. It was a Lancero, which, Frank, I know you're not a big fan of, but mm-hmm. this thing was just a fucking banger of a cigar. Um, then I had a, uh, wavy wafer, which is a weird off the wall fucking a cigar, but it tasted literally like vanilla ice cream cone. It was wild. Um, and then you get some other stuff that's been aged for like, you know, 10 years. Um, I had a Montenegro Serie F. Uh, actually I think I shared one with you, Frank. Um, mm-hmm. it is a beast of a cigar. Just amazing. Um, and then I like, Oh, the, one of the weird things that they did, they did a, uh, a farm roll club, a farm rolled month. Uh, there was nothing but Paul Stulak cigars, which Paul Stulak is a cigar shop owner out of some place in Canada. They're all the same up there. Right. Um, he, yeah, is, I, I believe, uh, people go Whistler to Toronto 
and Montreal. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's yeah. all Canada. It's all fucking Canada to me. Um, but Paul Stulak it does custom blends with big cigar uh, cigar growers and farmers. And one month in the Provada Cigar Club, it was just four fully banded Paul Stulak cigars, and just all of them bangers. All of them. I still have one Red Screaming Sun, which is my favorite cigar of 2020. Uh, I bought three of the Red Screaming Sun Lanceros, and they're all just fucking phenomenal. So, anyway, it's it's shit like that that you uh, you get to try out. You don't have to worry about, oh, is this going to be any good? Am I going to waste my money on this? You know that you're going to get, you know, if you're part of the cigar club, it's uh, the Pravada Club, you're getting three badass boutique cigars. And if you are a part of the the farm rolled, you know you're getting four banging-ass cigars that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Um, And then you do both of them. It's like $55.50 a month and seven premium cigars. You you literally can't beat it. No, that's a good deal. So um, I think we need to to have a little bit of a discussion around have you been following – the euros this year so i watched over the weekend but i have missed i basically monday afternoon on i have missed okay uh so catch catch me up oh oh euro one no i i want to i just want to give credit to the tournament organizers on this one um having a player almost die in the pitch could you know, or die and then get resuscitated. Yeah. Um, could, it could derail everything and it, and it did for a bit, which is fair. Um, but they have done a good job of, you know, like going through the games and making sure people understand he's doing okay. He's doing mm-hmm. better. Da, da, da. So I want to give him credit for that. But more importantly, the soccer has been, it's been exciting. Um, but it's, how would I put it? It's been very interesting because the smaller countries are starting to, uh, they're putting up a fight, which is to be expected with the growth of soccer around the world. And, you know, Ivan Rakitic coming from Croatia and fucking, you know, uh, what's his face that plays for Real Madrid that comes from Croatia too. You just have, you've got these smaller countries producing better players, which makes the Euros better every year. And it's unfortunate that the Euros and the Copa del uh, or the uh, what what is the one called Copa in, the America Cup or whatever yeah the, Copa the, America yeah falls in the same time period because Brazil and Peru are playing right now and I'm just soccered out for the day I watched both matches today they had a triple header I watched I had them on in the background then watched when I you know had little breaks and whatnot I did watch most of the Belgium game today. Um, I'll just give, yeah, I'll give it credit. The, the quality of soccer in Euros is phenomenal. Um, I am really excited for the knockout stages. I'll watch every one of those games. Uh, it's, it's going to be very competitive. Um, yeah, I was going to say the one thing that I, I've been, well, I, I've, I've observed, obviously, this is the first time I've watched the Euros with any sort of, I don't know, um, uh, uh, context as to the games that are going on because you know I've been watching some Chelsea laden teams play each other, so that's been my interest straight away. I mean, obviously, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like they've been really interesting to watch in the pace at which they play, 
and yeah. the the teams that they're choosing to field right now in the group stages are really interesting because I feel like they, it's like watching the Olympic trials, right? So right before this, we were watching the uh, the swimming semifinals for like 200 meter breaststroke, men's and women's, and then men's 200 meter medley. And it was really interesting to watch swimmers who you know are really fucking good, but then they're pacing just like, you know, two tenths of a second ahead of like third place. You're like, what the hell's going on? But then you realize like, oh shit, these are, semifinals are, t- are tonight, like finals are tomorrow. Like, yeah, tomorrow's the game. They're literally going to be, you know, night and day different from what the, you know, tonight. Yeah, tomorrow. but dude, I'll tell you that, that kid from Florida, the University of Florida, the, um, what the hell is his name? He's going to compete probably in like four or five events in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. He, okay, I know. Are you going to exaggeration? He he looks like Michael Phelps swimming. Yeah. Like the motherfucker has a reach that's just so far. Are you talking uh, about the guy who won first in the uh, 100 meter freestyle tonight? Yeah, Kevin Kevin Stapson or something. Like it's it's some. Yeah. He's from the University of Florida and he's fucking amazing. And it's not Ryan Lochte who's also from the University it's of Florida. Not, yeah, and Ryan Lochte's a piece of shit. Uh, well, he came in like fucking fifth tonight in the medley. It was weird. But anyway, that's what I was getting ready to say. That's what I was going to lead into. Is I'm interested also in the knockout rounds or actually in the later group stage uh, matches because you know. Once you get past the second round or you know, the second second game of group, yeah. Once you win two games, you're in. You're in. You're fine. But there's some <laughs> some teams that you know uh, may not hit that. Like I think Italy last uh, the last Euros did that, and they didn't even get out of the fucking group stage because they fucked mm-hmm. around. Uh, so it's interesting to see what what happens there. Uh, and yeah, no knockout rounds are going to be real fucking interesting. I'll be I'll be excited to see a couple things. Right. So. Uh, in Copa America, Argentina is a, is a slept on team, not because of Messi, because of the young talent they have. Um, Brazil is slept on at the moment mm-hmm. uh, for the same reason. Uh, Belgium will not make it to the next World Cup as the top team in the world. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is good. The Hazard combo, Eden's too, he's too old. His younger brother is only now getting to be in his prime. Um, Lukaku is not an option as a number nine no. in, in next year's World Cup. So I I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh they're gonna rely well, they're gonna rely on their goalkeeper, and that is it. They just keep everything out of the fucking net. More importantly, Spain looks fucking scary. They played. Uh, they played their eighteen-year-old squad the other day. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I've seen a lot of these these older teams play. Spain reminds me of Chelsea in Champions League this year. Like, if these kids just believe that they can do it, there's nothing stopping Spain from ro- rolling in the World Cup. Like Oscar Mengeza on defense, fucking. Just the list of of players that Spain has, mm-hmm. their backups, their U twenty one squad that they can call up. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I you know I, I, th- I think Spain wins the Euros this year unless they fuck it up. Um, against probably I don't know. I don't know how the bracket works out, but yeah. the teams I could see beating them, France. France is what I was going to um, say. 
And I can I could see Germany posing a problem. Uh, I don't um, know, Ger- man. Germany has not looked good. They've not looked good. <laughs> Own but goal I can see against their France size. Is not their good. size poses a big problem, right? Well, yeah. Like it always does. Well, and the health of Spain, if they as long as they keep their team together, because that's why they had to start their under twenty one squad. Yeah, and Spain Spain's biggest advantage at the moment that they're prepping for. They see this as a World Cup qualifying and, and World Cup prep. I mean, it kind of deal. is over the years. It's been a really good litmus test to where you're going to finish in the World Cup. So Spain is playing their young players. They're doing it because PK is too old to be there. Busquets is too old to be there. So who, who, who steps up now? And the players stepping up. If you want to watch just... I mean, I, I, I am biased because I just think Spanish-style soccer is gorgeous. But if you just want to watch a ball move with intent, like everybody on the field is a quarterback, mm-hmm. go watch Spain play. Go watch them play. Everybody there is on a game plan that no one understands until the goal goes in. Yeah. Um, it's it's truly a thing of beauty. I understand it's a very different style. People don't like it. They like what, you know, uh, Los Oranias does. And uh, sure, I understand people like that that style. Uh, it's like West Coast like offense this, versus the, the fucking run, run and grind. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and like to me, the chess match that Spain plays on a constant, you know, game to game, is just a thing of beauty. Like it, to convince eleven players to play like that, and to know exactly what to do, where to be, when to make a break, how to make the break, where the ball goes, where the next player goes to attack. It's insanity. It's almost like it's, it's a proven method that works. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's yeah. hilarious to me, Frank? You pointed out that uh, they that Spain fielded their under twenty one squad, and I was like, "The fuck out of here! That can't be true." So, and I was reading highlights from that day, and I was like, "Yeah, no, no shit, under twenty ones only." And then I was looking, I was like, "Hold up, I know who plays for Spain. Let me go see if this motherfucker, because I know he was isolating after the Champions League matches." And uh, he was part of the Chelsea squad that should have been safe and clean and clear away from the Spanish squad that all was testing positive and had issues. And I looked and sure as shit, Kepa Aritzabalaga, the highest paid goalkeeper who in the world who does not play for Chelsea, uh, is on the Spanish squad. And he is third in line behind uh, to yeah. under 21 stars, which is hilarious to me. Um, really solidifies the fact that he is the worst player in European soccer right now. Um, the biggest. But that's not his fault. He went to the Real Madrid Academy. Uh, you guys bought him for some fucking reason. I, you know why? Who was the coach before Frank Lampard? That's uh, the fucking reason. Yeah, Mourinho. Yeah. So, yeah Lampard inherited. Do. When, 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 uh, when you hire that man, you better be prepared to overpay for everything and oh destroy God. your youth squad. I, I've i been on this for 10 years, and everybody is like, yeah, but he'll win you titles, and there's no – he gets good youth players and da-da-da. Go look at any team. Jose, Jose Mourinho, or Jose because he's from Portugal, Jose because yeah. he's not Spanish, but anyways. Um, Jose Mourinho has been the manager and coach on. Go look at what he does to that youth squad. Go look at where those youth go. 
and then go look at what he brings in. Mm-hmm. It is never ex- never a success. It never works. Bro, it never fucking works. Willie Caballero is th- oh, damn near 40. And you know that Kepa dude and was he, probably at Real Madrid when he coached there, and he wants him. I That's why he brought him in. It fucking bonkers how much he's getting paid. Dude, they... At one point, Frank Lampard was starting Keppa in like uh, FA Cup games that like early on in the in the uh, bracket, just to get him play time so that they could sell him for any amount of money because the motherfucker was not starting at all. And then, oh, what the fuck happens? We play in the FA Cup match, get our asses beat because fucking Keppa is in the. Sorry. You yeah. know what? I'll I'll give you guys credit, right? Like Fuck we we didn't do Champions League last time, so let's do a little discussion here. Oh, we um, did. We 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 covered. I celebrated. No, you you, you celebrated, but I want to I want to kind of do a do a quick mini Frank's deep dive on it. Um, there's going to be a lot of credit thrown towards the new coach at at uh, Chelsea, well, and Tom, there's, deservedly Tuchel. so. Yeah. Um, but. I think the shade being thrown at Lampard is also unfair. It's unjust. Um, he he put he put that team on the field. It takes three or four months for those kids to gel. He saw the potential. The only thing, the only thing you can blame him for is he he held Polisic on the bench, and he didn't need to do that. Polisic, during the times when they were struggling, should have been starting. Um, at, at worst, should have come in in the 60th minute. Yeah. Uh, he he held him on the bench. It was unnecessary. Uh, the kid is clearly a superb playmaker. If he doesn't start for Chelsea middle of the next season, I'm going to be very surprised. Um, or or if he doesn't get sold and start somewhere else, I, I'm going to be very surprised he's as well. Not, he's, he's not going anywhere. They, no, I understand, but I'm saying if he's going to request it, if he's not getting you know the first 60 minutes of a game next I year. I mean, yeah, no. Uh, I think the way that they're set up to play next year will also uh, kind of change uh, versus this year because Thomas Tuchel did literally take over what Frank Lampard did and then just make a few like sprinkle adjustments in. And you saw, like, if you paid attention to when... Uh, he Tuchel took over. Um, you know he did mix up the squad big time. I mean, like at one point he yanked Callum Hudson Odoi at halftime. But he ended up with Fucking almost the weird. same squad. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was getting at. He started yeah. Marcus Alonso in places because Marcus Alonso and Frank Lampard had a bit of a falling out uh, around October November of last year, and Alonso didn't see the field the entire like the rest of Frank Lampard's time at Chelsea. But then Alonso Alonso is not that good. Alonso's not that good and he fucking <laughs> killed someone in a drunk driving accident. And That's true everybody's too. just That's like, true. fine, yeah, whatever. I don't know how he didn't get severed at that uh, point. He fucking paid seven thousand dollars to as a fine. Not even to the family of the woman he killed. Yeah. This was in Chile, right? Spain. He was in Spain. Spain. He was oh, celebrating. No, was Spain, he was celebrating. Yeah. It was the day before he was, or the day after he got his uh, transfer signed to Chelsea. Anyway, the fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, good times. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tuchel started Alonso, started all these other like younger people, uh, and then yeah, to your point, Frank, at the end of the season, it was back to the almost the exact same starting eleven as when Frank Lampard left. Yeah, it and it's wild. not. It, it's it's about time. It's not about talent. Right. Like. There was never a question. Chelsea is one of the best current youth systems in soccer. Um, they're not all going to see time. So there will be some big time transfers going to Chelsea in exchange for players and money. 
and some big time um, players and like big time talent leaving Chelsea. Leaving Chelsea. And that's how it works. That's yeah. how soccer works. It's I, not Tammy Abraham leaving this summer will be the biggest uh the biggest transfer that will go under the radar. Because whatever team he goes to, it'll either be some Bundesliga team or uh, a lower-ranked Premier League team. Uh, whatever, Wherever he goes, he is going to fucking dominate. Because that dude is amazing. However, he's young. There's no room for him. And there's he's young and there's no room for him on the Chelsea squad. Which is weird. Which like All this Harling talk, uh, the dude from uh, Dortmund... Uh, no, dude, dude, dude. I, Erling, Erling Harling is a fucking beast. Sure, but what the fuck are we gonna do with him? <laughs> like, Har- yeah, it's Harland, but Harland, yeah, he, okay. um, he, yeah, he's supposed to come to Barcelona, but we're not willing to pay his fees. Um, no one's gonna do anything with him. So, so Holland is one of those players that. <sighs> It's going to be interesting to see. The German system is suited for big attacking forwards. Yeah. Uh, Premier League is probably best fit for that outside of Germany. He, 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 I don't know. I don't want to be like predicting shit, but he plays a lot like Thomas Muller. And if if you can get him young, you should get him. Uh, I, I don't know how he fits in at Barcelona at a reasonable salary right <laughs> if we plan our entire squad around him i'm kind of afraid of that so i i don't, I don't know I, I might regret to say that holland isn't worth that it's very possible soccer players give them three months off they come back they're totally different right um, i mean that well, that's the other thing he's also so I'm, not, I'm not making predictions if i were the manager at the moment i would pay for holland but i wouldn't break the bank that's all I'm saying. Like I, I would pay a good amount. I'd see if he works out. I wouldn't give him the his his dad wants fifty million dollars for the transfer. His dad, only his dad. I was gonna say his his valued price with transfer fee is one hundred and fifty or one hundred and seventy five million. Some bullshit yeah, yeah. That's like that. that's just the fee to the club. Yeah. They also want the the, the they want the agent to get twenty five and the dad to get fifty over the length of his contract. Yeah. Fuck out of here. So yeah. Barcelona said no. Real Madrid said no. That should be enough for every club to go. Also, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, let me pump the fucking brakes. No, because Barcelona has tax credits to give those guys, right? So the, the the Spanish government gives every football team in Spain a, an advantage to compete with Premier League teams because yeah. they don't have the ability to dole out the 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 salaries. Straight cash, yeah but they can do salary plus tax credit. So um, it's interesting because Holland was, it seemed to be all the news coming out is his dad was more concerned about his money, which was like Neymar and Barcelona had the Neymar experience. They're like, fuck that dude. You go somewhere. (laughs) We'll find someone in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, My, my, the, the one bit of news that came out this week that I fucking shudder to think about is, uh, Sergio Ramos leaving Real Madrid and all the people talking about getting Sergio Ramos and Thiago Silva together on Chelsea. I was like, get the fuck out. I mean, as for a one and done superstar, like supernova season, maybe but it, it, two years. Two, Ramos has two years left. I, I say one year in premier league <laughs> because no, no, I, no, you, not dude, at all. You got to think of dude, how it, fucking oh, oh, wait, wait, wait one second. I know where you're going. Okay. Sergio Ramos, when healthy, 
shut down every fucking attacker in Premier League last oh, yeah. year. The only person he had trouble against, the only person, and everybody did was Mbappe. And it was only because you, you're talking hurt. about in in La Liga then. No, no, no. Mbappe is La uh, Liga, but it oh, was okay. in Champions League where okay. he had trouble. Oh, Champions League. So um, no, I get that. Robles what I'm talking is still about, locked down, but he's not worth that amount. What of I'm talking about is the the day to day, the week to week schedule of playing. Fucking, I don't know. Pretty goddamn physical. You've got yeah. Well, okay. Make make him make him a specialist for Champions League. Yeah, that's true. You, I mean, when you got you have fucking, enough young defenders. <laughs> I was gonna say when you've got Russian mob money, you could probably do that. You can probably get away with it without a problem. Uh, Whether or not he's willing to do it, I mean, his only reliable landing spot at this age is a man it's a 60 minute player badass defender he's not ever going to be a liability quite yet um premier league it'll work uh he's not going to be able to play fa cup he's not going to be able to play yeah he'll, he'll probably play the league on weeks where Champions League aren't happening, and yeah. then if you're more it, whatever you deem more important, he'll play. Um, I don't, it's kind of like Gerard PK. His role next year is going to change significantly. What I'd say about Ramos that is super under, um, kind of under the radar that I think he should consider mm-hmm. is sign with Austin FC, sign with fucking you know New York FC, whatever. Go go somewhere else. Get your David Beckham money. Yeah. You can dominate this league for four more years. Yeah. And negotiate yourself an ownership in MLS. Yeah, MLS which is, a- is on the fucking rise. Like it, the quality of the soccer being played us right now is better than it's ever been. And I don't think that's even a hot take. That's just what it is. Yeah. Um, and it will only continue to go higher as i mean here here here's Brian and Frank talking about some fucking soccer bullshit uh, on a podcast about beer because it's awesome yeah like, like soccer is a great sport to watch it's a great sport to play um even when you're down 50 penalty shots at <laughs> halftime um, it can it can be a great sport to play so yeah no, much respect to to Ramos you know like as much as i despised him uh, being a Barcelona fan, there is not a more. I don't think there's been many more talented center backs in the game. Yeah. Um, that that man, he changed the way the game should be played, has been played. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Sergio Ramos. He 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 didn't deserve quite the exit. He should have gotten his final game at Real Madrid. Uh, never got it. Never got the farewell. Um, kind of like Suarez at Barcelona, they got yeah. cast aside. Never deserved that. Um, yeah, it's it was shout out to him though. He's probably gonna go somewhere in La Liga for something less. He just doesn't want to move, and then he'll if he's smart, he'll go to MLS. That's that's my opinion. I, I see he's the- gonna make as much money, and he's gonna be fucking part owner of a a team at some point. Yeah, I was gonna say seeing the breakdown of what MLS uh, teams can offer players is fucking wild like you would never see part future ownership in a club no you can you can it depends on who the who the club is in premier league no you yeah. can't do it 
in La Liga, Messi has part ownership of Barca when he retires. Well, that is also a, that's a privately owned club or mm-hmm. a, a publicly owned club, whichever way you want to look no, at it's it. No, pri- it's, it's privately owned. Yeah, but it's you... It's by the, by the members, and the members had to approve his, his contract like five years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, that one I get. I get that. Like, anytime you have a, a legacy player who is... Yeah. You're, you're going to get some perks. Man, but, like, David I'm gonna, Beckham... I'm going to tell you right now. Frank is breaking the bank next year. You going to, to see going Messi to see, play? You want to see Spain? Yeah, no, no. Just are going Messi. to going to travel to Spain is what I meant. I'm going to go to Spain probably next August because Messi just resigned for another two years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, this is the last time I'm going to get to see him, and I, I will be there to see Messi in person, and I will probably cry my eyes out um, to follow a kid from 2006-ish when he finally got the start till now and seeing the magic he's produced. I, I can imagine what Real Madrid fans are going through right now. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, you don't have players like that. Yeah. You don't have players like that at clubs anymore. And uh, Ramos, Ramos was a good one, even though he was a fucking asshole. The amount of times that Ramos changed a game in the final five minutes... It, you, I can't. It's dozens. It's dozens where he would. If if you had a corner against Real Madrid in the last death moments of the game, right? You knew it was going to Ramos, and you couldn't stop it because that man could jump out of the fucking gym, and he had the ability or has the ability to direct the ball into net fucking goal. Yeah, Ramos. God, I'm glad he's out. But fuck, I hope he lands in MLS and just shows people how much he can dominate a game. Because as a defender, you don't get that. Yeah. Um, but he, he's he's as good of a defender, like a defensive offensive player, as you'll ever find in soccer. Like it's not even close. Switching up a little bit, you mentioned uh, Luis Suarez, Villam's favorite player, and uh, I wanted to see if you had heard the or seen the seen the news during the France Germany game. Um, your uh, your favorite player, Antonio Rudiger. Did you see what he did to Paul Pogba? I'm just gonna quickly let me just give a declaration on Rudiger. Um, <laughs> if you thought for Suarez was dirty, yeah, Suarez did a little Mike Tyson job. Um, Rudiger, just wait. Let's call him Ted Bundy on the field. Okay. All right. I I will pull. You know what? I'll call Rudiger. I'll call him a 1990s NBA. Center. Good God, he's like Charles Barkley. Yeah, just throwing people on a around. Fucking soccer field. So I thought it was hilarious. Mid-season, uh, the commentators for on Premier League were like, "Look at Rudiger," and you like you see him like there's a a, a a corner coming through, and you see Rudiger reach over and he just like just it looks like he brushed it, brushes the defender or like the the, no, the dude's strong as fuck. The offensive uh, like uh, the striker or whatever. Brushes his back, like hand across her back, and you see the dude like wince in pain because in that swipe up the back, Rudiger takes his fingers and pinches the dude like under the like inside the arm or on the old tricep, just pinches the shit out of him. So like little shit like that, you see Rudiger do, and then you see him do his shit that he did against De Bruyne in in the Champions League final, which was fucking awful. That was dirty. That it was, was dirty. dirty, and then he fucking faked that they clashed heads 
Yeah, to, that was to a get red sympathy. card. It should have been a red all card. All day, that was a red card. And yeah. it would have fucking changed the outcome of that goddamn game. Anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe. But all, it was a red card, no doubt. All that to say, um, he bit Paul Pogba on, <laughs> on the back on Monday. But it was predictable. It was predictable. <laughs> he, he bit him, and then Pogba was asked about it after the game, and he was like, I know, I know, Rudiger, we're friends. We've known each other for a long time. It was just a playful bite. Like, yeah. what? You know, and it's 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 funny because people make dumb decisions. You've been in competition. Yeah. I mean, it, like you make dumb decisions. You're you're in the heat of the moment. I get that. Rudiger, though, he needs he needs some consequences. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 not a person who like yeah. I called him Ted Bundy on the football field. It's a joke. Um, he he does tend to he gets heated in the most important moments. Yeah. Which why wouldn't you? But he tends to cross the line more than any kind of defensive midfielder I've ever seen. Um, that motherfucker gets away with shit that, yeah, if, if, if we are having VAR, let's have VAR. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. VAR with some consequences and VAR can issue red cards um, for, sh- for infringements like that. I mean, the, the, the Kevin De Bruyne thing... Um, I really hope he can finish uh, the Euros. Belgium is a different side with him. Yeah. Um, you know, as an option, it frees up Lukaku, even though he's old. Um, it, it would significantly improve Belgium's chances, but he fractured his like several bones in his face. Um, I, I'm just waiting for him to, you know, clash heads with someone and it'd be right back to where it was. Yeah. Um, it's only been two and a half weeks. So yeah, Rudiger, I respect him as a defender, but he's dirty. Yeah. He's a he's dirty a, player. He is not a, not a clean player for sure. Frank, have you, uh, have you moved on to drinking anything uh, different on the cast? I actually, you know what? I'm just going to do, I haven't done this in a fucking long ass time. Let's do it. I, I, Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, I seem to be having some technical difficulties with my soundboard. It is completely frozen. So, all right, we're it's not gonna time do... for a beer count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to these track beers. Okay, <laughs> just like just like doing it live, right? Yeah, they, they nothing like it. Uh, uh maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe NTX beer can now make us a drop for that one. Uh, we don't need a drop for that one. <laughs> Oh, you just no. Yeah. You can't fix perfect. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for a beer count. Listen to the track. Beers. I think they sounded the same, the two that we just did. I, they, I, I think I, they're, they're close. Identical. Sound effects may be different. Yeah. Um, so I'll... Uh, I'll be candid with the listeners here tonight. Mm. I had Sprite before. I was I was having some sausage earlier. What? And is that a I had I had trouble euphemism? with my grill. No, I had trouble with oh. my grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the pilot light went out, and I kind of wanted to clean off the pilot light uh, feeder. So I, I've got a charcoal grill, but it's one of those Weber like performance Yo. setups. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the the pilot light I only use for lighting the gas burner that lights my charcoal, and that piece went out. So I I figured okay, good time to you know clean off the 
little uh, aluminum thing that lets the gas come out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of clogged. Did that. And then I had to put a, a battery in, and that's a bitch. That's a YouTube video, uh, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> the level of, diffi- to- level of difficulty is YouTube video. Yeah. It's just below that, which, master's, uh, <laughs> master's degree. <laughs> Of life, for sure. I mean, if anything, if anything, if a YouTube video can't help you, it's it's not solvable, and you might as well trash the piece. So, in any case, I, I figured out how to do it, which made me late to the cast. So I, I was still drinking my Sprite, but I have now moved on to my what is this? Uh, shit, Adalbert's West Coaster. I will say, Brian. I, I declared this being heavy earlier, and I wonder if it wasn't because it wasn't cold enough. Mm. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still very flavorful, but it's not quite as heavy tonight mm. as it was, uh, you know, two three weeks ago when I had it. Mm. Um, it's good beer. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, um, daily. No, not a daily driver. It's seven point four percent. Beer with food. I'd okay. give it the beer with food rating. Okay. I am. Uh, I'm on beer three. Totally. To- sorry. Totally doesn't take away from any flavors. Super, like an amber is kind of malty. It's it's got some malt to it. Well, it's a Texas IPA. I'm assuming they made it wrong. Um. So it's got some malt to it. Anyway, that's a that's a dig at most Texas breweries. It is. It is a dig. It's a dig. Um. But I actually had a Texas brewed IPA tonight. Um, it is a Spindle Tap Brewery Summer oh, Sizzle yeah. IPA, um, which I'm going to be honest, this is, it's 7%, which is a big ass, big ass beer like for me. doesn't taste like it though, does it? Uh, nah, this one tasted like it. Uh, this um, is th- kind of like a pseudo West Coast. Um, it was West Coast with a little juice at the end. Uh, a little bit of bitterness, um, some malt backbone, no crystal malt, thank God, and, uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it tastes like 7%, but very, very, in a good way. Um, so that followed up the old Sam Adams, and then now I'm drinking 405 Brewing Co's Brown, which um, dear buddy Kevin uh, let me have the rest of the cans that he did not drink on the old fishing trip because his words, there's something in it. I, uh, I just, something about it, uh, not, not, not good. It's <laughs> like, all right. So I tasted it when I got home that night. I uh, cooled them down, had one with dinner. Was this after we said we haven't had a bad spindle top? No, this is 405 Brewing. This is after I said I haven't oh, had a okay. bad sorry, 405 sorry. Brewing. Yeah, so, fair enough, fair yeah, enough, okay. No, it was my words. It was my crow that I was having to eat. Uh, <laughs> because the, that's not good. The first one that I opened, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? But what I think is going on is they're using a house culture at 405, and... Uh, if anyone's ever had a Kentucky Common, uh, which is a kind yes, of I have. a wild brown ale, like an American wild brown, it's very similar to that, which has a unique set of flavors associated with it. And not for everybody. And I'll be honest, not for me after the first can. After the second can, I was ready for can three and four. Um, so... If you're out there and you see a 405 Brown on the on the shelf and you're wanting something funky, different, and uh, a bit sour, go for it. Uh, I think with the consistency of the liquid in these cans, I think it was meant to be this way. 
but I can't find yep. anything, any literature that they've put out saying that this is these are the flavors associated with it. Um, like other 405 brewing, um, like can art, they have you know things that you would associate with this beer. The Southern Brown Ale um, that they describe this as a, a, a tent, a backpack, smoking logs. In a rape van. I'm just going to go ahead and say that's what those items are on that on that label. You can agree with me if you want. I know I'm right, um, but that's exactly what's on there. So that's your first bad 405. It's not bad. I what like I want to okay. say. I think with the consistency and flavors across all the cans here, I think this is what they were trying to do. Okay. And in that case, it might not be for everybody. That's where I draw the line between bad beer and beer that's not for everybody. Yeah, I know. I, I can I can justify that. I mean, there's plenty of Jester Kings that you rave about that I'm like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can get that. I, I'll say uh, Spindle Tap. Yes. I still have yet to have a bad beer from them. I, uh, I, I think they are just the most consistent, and, and quite frankly, it's all IPAs, but the most consistent next to tups and i haven't had changes from tups lately so if there are some new ones i need to try um you know like to me they're one and two we can interchange them we can debate them but from texas ipas they don't fuck it up it's not like like adalbert's yeah this is a good ipa but it is multi which is why i mentioned it i mean it's like five oh five one two their ipa can't stand it now their lone pine or their um texas yellow rose Love that beer. Yellow but, Rose is good, but, but Yellow Rose is inconsistent. Yeah, it's well, not. It's, it's not always the same. It's five one two, but their five one two IPA not for me, bro. It's not for me at all. Like it's the same way I feel about uh, Deep Ellum's IPA, not for me. That's not it. That's not it for me at all. Uh, but like that's a that's a recipe thing. That's a style yep. thing. Yeah, it's an old school West Coast IPA. I'm not. I'm not fucking with that. Keep the caramel. Keep so, your caramel malt out of my IPA. I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Okay. In this state, um, we have a lot of. I don't know, Brian, how you feel about this. Racists. No. Well. Well, that that too. But, okay. Um, Thank you. Breweries. We've got a lot of overrated breweries. Oh. And oh, overrated or overhyped? Overhyped. Thank you. Overhyped. Okay. I'll give you that. Um. I, I, for one, have said it plenty of times. 903 can suck my balls. Yeah, but Pine House Electric Jellyfish can also do that for the price. For the price. Um, if, if, you're, if you're around Texas breweries and people tell you, um, you know, this is the best this, that's the best that, it, it, take it with a grain of salt. Go to the places you were going to go to. It, it'll probably be close. Um, the ones in Austin, I will say, go out of your way for ABGB and their yep. loggers. Just fucking go there. Yep. Um, Live Oak, absolutely. And they will yep. never, they will never go to a hype list because people are like, oh yeah, that shit's in nature. You know yeah, okay. You know what's funny? They are on so many people's hype lists around the nation. Okay, good. Go to Live Oak. Uh, in Texas, they're treated as like a fucking bar beer. They're yeah, not. They're not. Um, go go to Live Oak. I, I, before they closed, I obviously would have given a shout out to our uh, St. Elmo, no longer open, 
Um, Wait, San Elmo closed? No, no, no. What's the name of the one that was on San Elmo? Right next to San Elmo. Oh, Skull Mechanics. Skull Mechanics. Fuck. I would have given them a shout out for sure. But you know what? Oh, go ahead. Remind me. I want to come back to Skull Mechanics. In a yeah, let's do that. Uh, so, I, no one's going to bring up San Elmo. Hope, hopefully not yet. Uh, if if you are in Austin and you're not going to St. Elmo, just, you know, reconsider that. That's a fantastic brewery. Um, you've, you've got these gems that people don't hype as much. And I think ABGB is probably at the top of that list. Hey, ABGB is um, up there for certified Cicerones and above. Like, because when, when people come through town. Oh, fuck me. God damn it. I just, it's had, a, just, I just had a beer blow up. Oh shit! Sorry. No. It's one hundred percent the best lager you're gonna have in Texas. Not even close at ABGB, uh, and they make other really good beers too. The pizza's good. Um, so yeah, you know, t- take the recommendations with a grain of salt. Go to your go to your spots, unless um, they're coming from No Beer Left Behind. In which case, take that, take our recommendations like gospel. Well, I mean, take them because we've been to most of them. Like a lot of the people hyping them have been, they go back to those places. I, I see a new brewery. I'm like, oh, let's stop in. Let's see what they have. High Point, for instance. High Point is not a, a, a brewery you'll ever hear about outside of Austin, let alone outside of South Austin. They're on Fitzhugh. They're right before you get to Jester King. Stop in at High Point. They're on, not on Fitzhugh. Sorry, they're on Circle Drive, which is the street right before Fitzhugh. And we'll go there next time. Uh, you're down, Brian. Uh, High Point makes like a Vienna lager. They make uh, uh, English IPA. It's very similar to Skull Mechanics. Um, they just don't want to go make what everybody else is making. Support those breweries. Now, if the beer's shit, <laughs> tell them, you know, this isn't quite what I was expecting and Throat whatnot. In and, face. You know, yeah, no, don't do that. But they, they can, they can, you know, they can take your advice or your feedback or not. But, um, the hype breweries for the most part, they're not worth it. It's, it's, it's never the same experience. You're, you're having the beer that you have in the bar anyways. I don't know. I, I always find it really disappointing when I go to Austin beer works and it's like, okay, yeah, all the shit I can have at a bar or at H E B it's the same shit. Um, when you do a brew tour, taste stuff that isn't, you know, quite like that live oak being the exception because live oak has more shit on their brewery only menu than they do that are available in stores so right. they'll, they'll like do smoked lagers and all that shit oh hell frank's train's coming through <laughs> holy shit uh, <laughs> oh he said it was going to be loud and proud tonight because he's out on the patio and he did not disappoint uh no uh i wanted to Oh, there it is. So when you said what you did about skull mechanics, obviously I had an emotional, it was a triggering moment for me um, and went back to one of the happiest times in my life in beer, visiting skull mechanics there in South Austin and trying just their plethora of Central European lagers and English milds and just fucking enjoying the shit out of myself. Um, and I got excited when I saw that there's a brewery here in North Texas that is making that made a uh, a Czech dark lager, which aha, I'm a big fan of. And then I see that it is nine percent alcohol by volume, 
And at that point, I was like, we're not making Czech dark lager anymore. We're making a Baltic porter or we're trying to pass something off as not what it is, which is a fucking stout that is thin. I don't know how else to say it. But like um, this, it brings up an issue that I have with naming conventions and uh, trying to clickbait beer nerds into buying your shit. Okay. Not, I haven't tried the beer that I'm mentioning, that I'm referencing here, um, but a 9% Czech dark lager is not a Czech dark lager at that point. Um, and for a beer nerd like me, when I see that shit on the menu, I get super excited. So, with that said, I think that uh, more more breweries like Skull Mechanics and the, the um, ABGBs of the world need to... They need to take back the overhyped beer market. Um, and if you're wondering, Brian, uh, I haven't, isn't that basically what you do on your Instagram is post hype beers? I submit to you, no. That's why I have not posted a whole lot of beer lately because I've gotten really tired of chasing hype beers and honestly over-promoting beer that I don't really fully back or believe in. And that's... That that's my philosophy over on at no beer left cast on Instagram. Uh, like the shit that you see me posting up there, maybe few and far between, but it's gonna be fucking fire. Uh, up to and including the whiskey and cigars that I post on there. I it's not like I'm smoking one cigar every three months. I'm only posting about the best goddamn cigars I smoke, and yeah. and the best whiskey that I drink, and the best beer that I consume. Because at this point, like it's just not. One, it's not worth my time. I've got better shit to do. Um, but also, it's not worth anybody else's time. Right? Like and that's that's the, to Frank's point to bring this up. Yeah, exactly right. Like, I'm not going to overhype some shit that's not worth your time to go visit. It's not worth your time and money to go out and, and seek and find. It's not. But I'll, I'll, I'll 100%, you know, like, there there's... So Brian and I, we have day jobs. We... Wait, do you get paid uh, for yours? I do, sometimes. I, I, um, I gotta fucking work that out. We go, we go through. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I smoke cigars. I drink beer. If if something isn't to your point, if it's not truly like a recommendation, why why bother? Right? Like when I bring up Picanha on here, it's like it's because it's Picanha. Like I want people to know about Picanha. Um, Bucatini pasta, best fucking dried pasta you can buy. Um, turns into, have, have you not heard this? No, I just tasted a beer that I, well, I'll get oh, okay, fair enough. No, I've heard your Bucatini. Um, yeah, so it's like these are things that are really worth your time to go find and buy. And if you can't buy it, go on Amazon, buy it. You know, like these are things you should really seek out because I cook almost every night, I drink a couple beers every night, you know, like. Yeah, some beers worth talking about. Other beer, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, well, uh, perfect product worth talking about. Bought High Noon for the first time the other day. High Noon mm-hmm. is worth it. It's it's a very tasty hard seltzer because they don't fuck around with artificial ad. It's just vodka and juice. That's it. Yeah, and it's quite good. So I'll, uh, you know, when when we make a recommendation, it's 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 a little bit more of the. Is this worth someone's time to go look for? Or is it like, oh, you know, and we don't get paid by the breweries because why would we? Right. Um, so it's like, 
you know, when the recommendation comes, go try it. This is just two two couple fellas, Parker, when he decides to join and he's not going to a water park in Grand Junction. I um, really want to talk to Parker about his return voyage home <laughs> where he is going to stop by Kansas City, Kansas on his way back from Keystone, Colorado, and the man lives oh, in oh, Tulsa. No, over, Overland, Kansas, nonetheless. I, like He's driving across the entire fucking state. To drive south. south at any point. Yeah, no. Could have could have gone through Stillwater. Maybe caught. I don't know. Spring game. Just, I, I don't even know what's just, going on in Stillwater at the moment. He just slightly <laughs> just dropped that hint on like, oh yeah, no. On our way back home, we're gonna stop by Kansas City, Kansas. Here's a map. Not on your way home, sir. I don't know. I I, I mean, I guess it could no. be, but that should crack me up too. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to do crack me up. No. So. We're just it's, a couple uh, guys. Yeah, it, it's yeah. So w- w- when the w- when the recommendations come out, you know, like it's because they're like in our minds, they're they're pretty good. It's it's not something that we're just going to bring up like in jest. In any case, um, I want to get through. I I cooked a wagyu picanha this weekend. Nice. Okay, did a three day vacuum sealed. Uh, MSG salt rub uh, brine on it. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, it, it could not recommend it more. Yeah. If you could do it five, do it five. <laughs> um, it, vacuum sealing, right? Obviously, it's it slows the oxidation, all that. Um, a, get a vacuum sealer for your kitchen. If you're going to do any of this shit, don't just put this shit in a bowl for five days. It's just going to be rank. It's going to yeah, be rancid by the time you're uh, done. Yeah, yeah. Not even if you push the plastic wrap down on top of it. No, it's going to be fucking disgusting. So um, don't do not do that. But uh, 100% recommend it. And, and quite frankly, Wagyu to me is normally too fatty. Uh, this kind of renders the fat in the bag as it's doing it. Dry brining uh, does the same thing. It does yeah. it amazingly. It was not that fatty. I also cut a bunch of the fat cap on the picanha back. Which you're supposed to. Yeah, grilled beautifully. Um, again, I will reiterate, if you're in the if you're in the game... Oh, okay, so Wagyu picanha. Wagyu beef, Brian, that you've purchased in the past. Uh, per pound, what are you kind of paying for grade... This was grade B Wagyu. I, I'm, I'm, I've only purchased American Wagyu... Very, very okay. thin, uh, not even close to like A5, like Japanese Wagyu. So American okay. Wagyu, unrated, ungraded. I think the last one that I bought was $32 a pound. And okay. I bought one that was, uh, the, the, actually the ribeye that I cooked this week was 0.6 pounds. That was the biggest, like most expensive Wagyu ribeye, or Wagyu cut that I've ever okay. had. So nothing wild, nothing, ex- nothing extreme, but I know... When you buy it by the roast, it's a lot less expensive. So for for the picanha that I purchased, uh, it was twenty three bucks a pound. Mm-hmm. That's really um, good for great price. Hell yeah, great it is. price. Uh, I'm just telling you, if you're looking to try cuts, you're looking to try grades, whatever. You cannot go wrong with picanha. Picanha is going to be some of the best meat on the hog. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the cow, not uh, a hog. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I it was a turn of phrase, yeah. but sometimes yeah. in English it gets, it gets lost. Yeah. You know. So it's going to be some of the best meat, and and you you won't regret it. You will not regret it. Cook it just like a steak. 
a little longer because it's bigger, but yeah, you, you'll be fine. Did you it's wait? Just, so you cooked it as a roast altogether, or did you slice it into steaks? I always grill it as a roast because inevitably, he, here's my take on it. Inevitably, I like rare more. Someone else likes more well done. The tip gets a little bit more well done while my shit's still rare. It's a lot less difficult mm. to to cook. Um, so I cook it like that because the, even the people who like it, you know, medium well in a picanha, they're okay with it being a little bit more well because there's so much juice in it. So here's what um, I will say with, and this is just um, you're, my, you're, you are supposed to you are supposed to cut it and then well, put it through a skewer. And, well, hear me, hear me, just hear me out. When, it, when you're dealing yeah. with wagyu in general, um, because the intermuscular fat in that meat, if you grill it in steaks you're going to get a lot more like Maillard reactions. You're going to get a better crust yeah, that's fair. on, on that, that's on fair. the, on those steaks as a steak rather than, uh, even as a kebab, like where you fold them, you, you them up and then lay them down over, over fire. Um, like they do in like churrascarias, like you're going to get more Maillard reactions if you cut them in steak form, because that fat renders so quick. It's literally Wagyu fat is akin to butter. Like you can literally like it's it it's a, it's such a it weird melts in thing. your hand. Yeah, it that's the hand. that's the weirdest shit. If you trim off fat off of a wagyu steak, like you can literally hold it in the palm of your hand and it just turns to liquid and runs out. It's mm-hmm. it's wild. Um, but yeah, no, I had a uh, a wagyu ribeye this week, and my god, just f- I forget the difference between wagyu steak and even like prime choice or whatever the fuck like sirloin that. Mrs. Brian loves because it's not as fatty and without fail I'll cook her steak it looks like a fucking baked potato because it's just a big hunk of meat with no fat in it at all I cook it to temperature and I cook my Wagyu with either New York strip or ribeye to temperature I slice everything thin make it make it nice I, I, I ask her every time like hey do you want a piece of this because every time she looks at it she's like oh it's gonna be so fatty Ugh, oh, can't deal with it and every time I cut her off a piece and I let her like I cut the fat membrane off the outside with a fork because that's how goddamn tender this shit is and then I hand it to her I'm like Here, give it a shot and she tastes it and every time I see the same look of fucking pure joy roll across her face and I'm like D- do you like it and she's like I can taste the difference and then she's like but i still prefer the leaner cuts of meat i'm like okay all right keep telling yourself that i i i'm sure you do i hey listen i'm i am with uh mrs brian i do appreciate the leaner cuts more because i don't have to you know i don't have to consider that as part of the rest of my diet as much as i would if i had wagyu Hmm. but um oh there is there is a significant there's a significant taste difference Mm. um i don't know that it's worth the price that's the thing Uh, that's why i haven't been able to bite the bullet and buy like japanese a5 like the 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 creme de la creme like i can't justify that i just can't you know like there's yeah no unless unless i'm throwing a hibachi style like cookout where i'm sorry i'm sorry you said you said if i'm throwing no if Frank, I'm going to tell you right now. The only time I would go for YU, like A5 YU steak is if you, Frank, are throwing a hibachi party and you're like, what do you want me to get? It's on me. No limit. I'm going to be like, look around. No, I, I would Let's definitely. Let's go to Kobe if, beef. If, 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 I were throwing, <laughs> if I were throwing a party and it was hibachi, I would have one or two of those out Just, cut into thin slices where people can grill them, whatever. But it's like everybody's getting a little piece, two pieces, whatever. Right. You know, like. 
it's worth the flavor. It's it's but fucking is it, wild the flavor. Is it, but is it worth the cost? I don't know that it is. I I, I don't, agree. I don't know that I've had it and been like, you know, I can't. You can't make other meat taste like that. But I don't know that it's worth that. Like it's, right. It's it's a tough kind of you know it's a tough conundrum. I, the most expensive the increased price is insane. The most expensive steak I have bought was this week. Like a single slice of steak to cook at home was this week. I'll never pro- I'll probably never do it again. I mean, yeah. it was as close to a twenty dollars steak to buy from Walmart as you can. But again, like that's cool. Like it was good. I I, I enjoyed no, but, every okay, bite of so, it. But here's here's what I will ask, and this leads into Father's Day. Um, Father's Day, Mother's Day, right? Like we're 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 at the point in our lives now where, and I think most of our listeners are pretty close or there already. Um, where you're you're like you know, ball out. It's mom's birthday. Ball out is dad's birthday. And by ball out, I mean like whatever mom wants, she orders. I'm getting it. Doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we took we took the mom to uh. Los Olivos, it's it's literally like I I walk there, um, and they had this like Mother's Day cook cook whatever cut however you want with whatever flavor seasoning whatever mm-hmm. right they had the grill set up outside and God God forbid I'll never buy a tomahawk steak but yeah it was it was Mother's Day and. I was like, this would be cool. Mom could have a tomahawk. She loves eating meat off the bone. Like, that's my mom's favorite thing. <laughs> it is she, really she, good. <laughs> no, she likes the part that you peel mm-hmm. that white sheath the off membrane, the bone. The membrane off? Oh, yeah. she loves that shit. Yeah. Okay. So, and I, I'm that way with chicken wings. Like, I'll eat the cartilage at the ends. But I don't do that with steak because normally I don't buy it on the bone. So, Knowing she loved this, um, we went there. And to be honest, for a restaurant cooked tomahawk, which is really just a ribeye on the bone, um, she she ordered it. We served. Granted, my dad only had a, a piece or two. It easily serves two to three people. Yeah. Okay. And two to three hungry people at that. Yeah, and and it was eighty bucks. So. I mean, grilled to grilled to your liking at a fucking restaurant. I was like, hell, that's not that's not actually that bad. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, if if you're doing special occasions and you're doing Mother's Day, Father's Day, which we all, you know, we all have those. <laughs> yeah, and you, you you only have those people around for so long. So you're like, you know, let's ball out. What what does mom want? Um, so it's uh. It's a really good way if you're looking for Father's Day to treat your dad. Buy him a Wagyu steak, grill that shit up. Shit, you know, yeah. like he's never gonna have had that flavor. Um, buy mom that on her birthday. It's it's a perfect like special occasion uh, dish. Is it an yeah. everyday like Tuesday grill out? Nope. Hell no, it's not. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Here's what I will say, Frank. If your if your mom does enjoy meat on the bone like that. And you don't want to do like T Bone or Porterhouse every single day, or and tomahawk is obnoxious. I'm going to be honest; it is a, an obnoxious cut of steak. The it's tomahawk, really difficult to, to cook. Too. You, you, you just logistically speaking, you have a fucking 
eight or ten inch piece of bone sticking outside the meat. It serves a tough no one. purpose. None. None at all. Cowboy ribeye. Okay. That is where you need to go. What that is is essentially a tomahawk, but not with the giant bone. They cut it at the edge of the meat. They cut the bone at the edge of the meat, so you get to cook okay. it with the with the meat on the bone. Uh, but it's in a manageable format. It's the same size as a ribeye, but you have where that curve is. That's all. I bone. got it. I see it. Yeah, that's the way to go. That's that the is the perfect cut, man. I we made those last year, and they're also the bone is whole and thick enough for a pretty big sized dog, if they want to okay. gnaw on it for a while. Like my dog Spike, fucking holy shit. First off, he scares the shit out of me whenever I hand him a bone, and I know bones are not always the greatest thing to hand to dogs because they can splinter and cause issues. Yeah, but beef beef don't normally do that. Beef don't do that, but watching my dog snap through a fucking like half inch thick bone like it's a laffy taffy is fucking terrifying (laughs) it really imagine that puts some things in perspective of like yeah you just sleep at the foot of the bed huh cool (laughs) cool (laughs) oh Um, uh, real quick before before we wrap up and while we're talking about flavors and things i have to talk about what made my face do the weird thing when you ask, like, oh, have you had that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I opened another 405 Brewing beer. My favorite 405 Brewing beer that I've had this year, Trey P.A., okay? Found out Trey is the name of the brewer, and it's his pale ale. Ha, 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 Here's what's up, though. I opened it up. Trapesing around. mm, Not really. Uh, But I opened it up, and the beer blew up. First off, bad sign. Usually, like nine times out of ten, a bad sign for the quality of the liquid inside that package. After I mopped up the beer and poured half a can, half a glass of foam, um, let it settle down, poured the rest of the can in the glass, and the first taste is so unlike anything else that I have tasted from 405 Brewing's Trey PA. I had to Google what off flavors in beer create licorice because that is the flavor coming out of this. Oh no boy. That's ah, not good. It is bad. Uh Kevin 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 if you're listening this is not what Trey PA is supposed to taste like. Okay, I repeat. This is not what Trey PA is supposed to taste like. I think what happened is when you left the cans of beer in the back of your car while we were fishing just those few hours when it got warm we had some further fermentation taking place and that produced some weird ass phenols or esters. You know, well, I don't fucking yeah, know. So as, as we would call it, what had happened is mm-hmm. <laughs> well, ah, I'm still drinking it because there's no beer left behind. So I have to finish this can. You can't leave it behind. You can't leave it behind. It literally Shit, tastes dude. like yeah, that sucks. black that, licorice. That does suck. God damn it. Fuck. <sighs> there's no other flavor in it either. It's all black licorice. Black licorice and, like, death black licorice. <laughs> so it's not that's, good. Yeah, that's that's not what anybody's going for when they drink beer. No. Like, Jägermeister, maybe. <sighs> yeah. So even that, man. Honestly, I don't get licorice from Jägermeister. It's weird. You don't? No. I get... I don't know what the fuck I get. I get drunk off Jägermeister. That's uh, what I get out of it. You know how that works. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense licorice to me. But and it, I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. In the end, it's like it has 
It has its own off flavors. <laughs> it is an off flavor. Yeah, yeah, you're not looking for in pretty much any drink. Right. So, have you, by uh, the way, have you had the Jägermeister cold brew? No. You need to give that a shot. It's, All right. It's fun. Well, I don't. You don't like coffee, do you? I, well, no. I, I drink coffee once a week. Okay. Well, I will say this: if you pour yourself a, a the, the your same size glass of coffee and make it Jägermeister cold brew, you'll have a fantastic day. I don't. Okay. I don't. Don't suggest you go to work that day. Um, no, it is. It tastes just like cold brew coffee. It's fucking wild. Okay, so Brian, I've got a riddle for you. I can't wait. All right, so um, why don't vultures check bags when they fly? Why? Because they're carry-on birds. God damn it. You. God damn it. All right, let's head out. Ah, we should. We should. We, we should. I don't even. Carry on, birds. How dare you? How dare you? I was honestly, I was trying to come up with some condor reference, and I was like, wait, no, stupid. That's, That's a different pretty bird. Close. It's a different bird pretty altogether. Close. But yeah, it landed where close. you were going. Well, uh, thank you. you all. Had, yeah, I mean, you literally landed where I was going. Right? With bags. With ba- with bigs. Wisconsin, shout out. With bigs. Okay. With bigs. Thank you all for listening to this episode and every episode of Nobody Left Behind. If you have the opportunity, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app where you can find every episode. Make sure you subscribe and uh, check us out over on our social media pages at No Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on the Facebook. Hit us up over there or at No Beer Left Behind Cast at gmail.com if you want to hit us on the old electronic mail. For Brian here in North Texas. Until next time, I am out. All right. Uh, for Frank, wanted to give a shout out to that new SpongeBob movie. Um, that I only get to watch, and I think it's because of your Paramount Plus, Brian. Yeah, uh, good shit. Uh, Also wanted to declare that uh, SpongeBob, while he might be the main character, uh, Patrick will always be the star in my mind. I'm out. Beep!